Hello and welcome to yet another episode of The Wannabe Entrepreneur, the podcast about what's really like to bootstrap a company. Today, once again, with audio and video, coming from Lisbon with your host, Tiago. I am an indie hacker and I have bootstrapped my own company to, I guess, I think it's now 12K MRR. And this year, the, the year of 2024, start, at least at the beginning of the year, is the year of marketing. Marketing is the word that every entrepreneur, at least beginning entrepreneur, hates to hear. At least most of them. Uh, or at least if you are a developer like me. We are not used to sell ourselves. We are not used to do sales and all that shenanigans. We just want to make beautiful code. Well, I guess for me, I don't care too much about if it's beautiful or not. What I mostly care is that we do amazing products that, pe- that changes people's lives. That's basically what I want to do. But one thing, one thing that I've been saying a lot in this podcast is that once you enter in the path of becoming an entrepreneur, especially if you come, you know, whatever background you come really, right? Most people, they don't start as entrepreneurs, right? They start as designers, as project managers, as developers, as philosophers, whatever, right? So you come with this baggage, right? The baggage of whatever you studied, whatever you trained for. And my baggage was being an entrepreneur. So the way I solve things is kind of going back to my baggage and try to come up with solutions that I have from my initial training. So what most developers do when they face a problem, let's say we don't have enough sales, we try to come up with a new feature. And we think maybe this new feature will change everything. And the same with designers, right? What what a designer would say would be maybe something, maybe we need a redesign, a new branding. Maybe we need to kind of change colors. I don't know, right? And that is wrong. Unfortunately, that is wrong. Because being an entrepreneur, you know, doing this transition means also like changing your background, changing your profession. You are not a developer, designer, project manager anymore. Now what you are is you are an entrepreneur. And for that, you need a different kind of skill set. And that's what I've been learning. This is what this podcast is all about. The wannabe entrepreneur is about learning how to become a better entrepreneur. And and a lot of people, especially in the beginning, they kind of question the name wannabe, that's not very good, whatever. Well, it's because I feel, and, and I'm more certain than ever, that this is kind of a lifetime learning process. Like being an entrepreneur is a lifetime learning process. And I'm always, always learning. And once I've achieved some success with PodSquiz, I thought, okay, the hardest part is over, right? Now, getting from, from zero to the first, you know, 5K and 10K, that's the hard part. But I was wrong. I was totally wrong. It's just a different step. The skills as well that you need to start something are different than the skills that you need to then go from 10K to 100K, 100K to a million, and so on. So now I'm in this process, this process of taking our company to you know 100K, from 10K to 100K. That's my goal for 2024, taking PostSqueeze to 100K MRR. I know it sounds kind of crazy. It sounds almost impossible, but that's where I thrive with <laughs> the impossible or not. I don't know. I just try my best, right? So... I decided that I would focus more on marketing in the beginning of the year. I decided that I needed to learn this skill. And since then, 
and I know it seems crazy, but we have been drawn. I have been working a lot. So I have already learned and, and come up with a few realizations and, and things that I've learned from, you know, watching videos and, and also trying things ourselves. So let me start by saying that, as I've been t telling you in the past episodes, the, um, we are facing a plateau. Right, so Pod Squeeze has been kind of growing steadily, especially in the beginning. There was a huge growth, then it kind of stabilized, and more more towards the end of the year, it reached the plateau. And this plateau, I think, there's many kind of reasons for that. Everything is theories, obviously, but in my opinion, what I and this is a huge mistake, by the way. This is a mistake that I made, and I'm telling you this so that you don't make this mistake ever again. Which is, we did not invest in passive sources of users from the start. What do I mean with this? When you do a one-time kind of launch, let's say a product hunt launch, or you go on Reddit, this will give you a lot of satisfaction or a lot of users, a lot of traffic in, in, the, first, in the first days, right? The moment you do the launch, in those five days, you get a lot of people, a lot of attention, and then it dies out. So you need to have a strategy to both Keep these people, keep this engagement going, and as well to have sources of marketing, of, of sources of users that do not depend on your energy, on your constant energy. Like doing a product on launch requires a lot of energy, right? We need to prepare everything. We need to message people. And it's something that I cannot repeat every day. So what is working for us now? SEO mostly. You know, we have been creating content non-stop. Juan Mosley has been creating content non-stop. And now we see a huge growth. Our, our graph, if we, if we go to Google SEO console, it's, it's, it's like a hockey stick. It's amazing. And the, the great thing about it is that we, it doesn't require constant you know, work. Of course, we are still working in new pieces, you know, a new content, new blog posts, whatever. But the one that is there is generating traffic for us. But we only started this too late. We started this long after doing our product on launch and, and long after the launch. So there was a time, especially those three, four months, where our the, the, the kind of the, the strength, the, there's a word for this, understand? Like when you, when you start something, the movement, the momentum, yes. The momentum of like our launch was dying out and we didn't have anything to replace it. So there was a, a time, there was like a few months where we died out and we kind of plateaued because our SEO was not working. We didn't have any kind of passive source of users. Now, fortunately, it seems, knock on hood, but it seems that things are improving. It seems that now SEO is picking up and we are going back to the, the same level of traffic we had previously uh, or during the product hunt launches. So that's the first advice. Like the moment you launch something, the moment you start thinking about the product and if the product kind of takes off and you see, hmm, this is something, you know, there's people, there's product market fit, immediately that day start investing in SEO, start investing in other sources of marketing that are more passive, that do not require your constant work. They are not like one-to-one -one sales, for instance, or, or they are not like, doesn't require for you to go on Reddit and do a viral post. Do something a little bit, more organic. So that's something we figured out. Another thing is that I, it can also justify a little bit the plateau, and I've told you this before, is that we have reached 
the this gap. There's a gap between the early adopters and the early majority. The early adopters, the innovators, are the people that basically they they love technology and every time they see something new, they want to try. They are the first ones to try, even if it's a bit buggy. But then the early majority are people that they need to have a little bit more trust. They're not willing to you know risk it. They aren't willing to try something new or pay for something that they don't know if it will just waste their time, which makes sense. A lot of us are early adopters for some things and early majorities for others. So what what changes from one to the other? What changes from converting an early you know adopter and an, an early or early innovator and uh, early majority? It's the name or the the time the number of touch points. So I need to poke an early adopter maybe two three times. Whereas an early majority person, I need to poke him or her maybe five times or six times. So what is our what has been our strategy? Our strategy has been, okay, let's focus. Let's try to have seven touch points, seven different sources of marketing that we can automate, that we can make it passive. And we already have a view, right? We have SEO. SEO is our main at the moment. And we are trying to automate it. How? Well, we hired someone, we hired a content team, uh, someone that is basically writing content for us. And Juan is the main, you know, lead on that. He still has a lot of work to do, though. Like he, he has ideas, he manages the team, but then he has to come up with it and like kind of review everything and write everything properly and then post it. And he always needs to come up with ideas. So there's still a lot of work that needs to be done. So it's not fully automated for us, the managing team, let's say. But we are going towards that. We want to automate this. At the same time, we have another source, which is emailing, which is still going on. We like send emails, cold emails, which work really well. That part is fully automated, which is amazing. The other one that we've been kind of playing around is podcasting. We started our first podcast, I told you in the last episode, and it's kind of working well. And it's working well for many, many reasons. First, we get to speak with our customers and understand what, you know, what's going on, what they like, what they need. And, and second, we, have, we are now creating content. We are creating content that we, then we can share in other social media. So it's not only the podcasting itself, it's that the podcasting is then fueling other like social medias. And mostly we have been working on with the YouTube shorts and we have been working with TikTok and a little bit of Instagram, even though Instagram is just, we're still playing out. So let's, let's put social media and I will talk more about shorts and our experience with shorts in, in, uh, in some minutes. But now we have emailing. We have SEO, we have social media, and we need four more, four more ways. So another one could be, for instance, conferences, which we, we've been to a few conferences. I told you about this. And some of them, they converted. Actually, a few clients just converted from our conference. It was like two months ago in, here in Portugal. So it takes a while to convert conferences. But yeah, that could also be one. Um, the marketing loops, so when people use our clips and there's like the little watermark, that, that can also be another one. And there's others. You just need to be kind of uh, creative and come up with other sources of marketing and automate them. And that way, and that's my goal, is that every podcaster, you know, in, in, the, in the sphere of podcasting, everyone knows about PodSquiz. Like, there's tons of competitors, but if they think about repurposing their content, they think about PodSquiz. No other competitor. And that's a, that's a goal. It's, of course, it's hard. Again, it's the same as, like, getting 200K. It's not easy. But it's something that we need to do. So to do that, we need to be everywhere. And to be everywhere, we need to as well learn 
how to work with different kinds of you know sources of marketing. So now, as I said, we have been focusing on mostly um, the, the podcast and we take this content, we make shorts, and with these shorts, we share them on, let's say, TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram. Something really cool about shorts. Like, I haven't, you know, I've never created shorts. I I was kind of, again, early, major, early, early majority, maybe, yeah. Definitely not a, an early innovator and an early adopter. Because, I first of all, I didn't like them. Now I'm kind of hooked because they are just everywhere and it's so they are so easy to consume. Still not a huge fan though. Like there's a lot of I think shitty content in shorts and bullshit and things that they I don't learn anything. They're just addictive. Um, and there are some of them that are really cool to be honest. So we started doing them. And first of all, for YouTube, they need to be less than 60 seconds. It depends. Each platform is different. For YouTube, you need to make them less than 60 seconds, which is great because we have been using PodSqueeze to do these shorts and we have been learning as well what can we improve in PodSqueeze. And we share them. We share them on YouTube. And I we did like three or four shorts for our first episode. I went to bed. I went to bed. Next day, I wake up and I, you know, I'm just still very sleepy. Click on YouTube and... Pfft, a huge spike of views, like I think 600, 700 views in one of the shorts. Like, oh my God, what is this? I was so excited. I was like, man, this is working. This is booming. It's just growing. And it was like a hockey stick, you know, just going up, going up. And I thought, wow, we just nailed it. First try. Amazing. But then it kind of died out. It plateaued and YouTube stopped showing our shorts. Now, I don't know why. I don't know what YouTube like what's the algorithm? But what it seems is that, you know, they try out different charts. So I just created something, they take it, they show it to a few people, they see the metrics. If it works, they keep on showing. If it doesn't work, they stop showing it. I guess that's the same to what they do with long form shorts, but with long long form videos, but with shorts, there's just more people watching. That's why we have this spike. We were happy though. We were really happy because now with one simple short, we just got 600 views and maybe two or three more subscribers on the YouTube channel. And keep in mind that in the meantime, we also, you know, released the full interview on, on YouTube and we just got like 20 views. So like it's a huge gap. Some shorts though, they didn't have any views, but they still have like at least 30, 50. So then we released the next episode. We released the next episode, again, a bunch of shorts. There's one really cool that was really nice with Dave from School of Podcasting where he kind of shares about the impact that his podcast had in, in someone's someone's life. And that one blew up. Well, for us, you know, for us blew up, like to 2,000, 3,000 views. So we thought, wow, this is cool. Now I'm starting to realize that 2,000 views is actually not a lot for shorts, you know. I think like the minimum, like 10K is like the average or like, I mean, I don't know. Actually, I'm just, you know, giving some numbers away. But it gets us excited. It really gets us excited and makes us think, that, okay, maybe there's something in here. Again, is it something that is passive? Is it something that we can automate? Or does it require a lot of work? I still don't know. What I suspect from my experience as, as a user, you know, consumer of shorts, is that at first you get like one or two shorts about like a creator. And then if, if YouTube sees that you are watching it, it starts recommending more and more and suddenly like all you can see is that creator. That's what I hope it will happen as well for us. Like we are creating a lot of shorts and suddenly... A lot of people just like consume our content and be like, what is this? Pod squeeze? What is this lessons of a podcaster? Let's go and check it out. I don't know if it will work, with you, if it will work but it seems good. It seems interesting. Now, your question. But Tiago, is this creating or bringing traffic 
to your website? Is this bringing new users? That's the money question. That's the question that we are asking ourselves. And we kind of created a, um, a survey. So when people register themselves, they can say, hey, where do you define PodSqueeze? And this is crucial. This is something that João, he has been telling me for a while, and I kind of delayed that, but I should have been a bit faster with that because now we can really see, hey, there's few people coming from Google, few people coming from YouTube. And it's really funny because we get most people coming from Google, but they don't convert as much as people coming from, let's say, YouTube or Instagram influencer or like word of mouth. By the way, that's another source of marketing, word of mouth. So if the, if I recommend you, if I recommend you PodSqueeze, and we are friends, right? Like, I mean, you know me, like we have been together for like two, three years speaking about this. And I tell you like, hey, go and try out PodSqueeze because it's really amazing. It's a great tool. You'll be like, okay, I trust Tiago, so I'll try it out. But if you want something or you want to repurpose your content and you Google it, you don't have any trust. There's like PodSqueeze and there's like ton of other competitors there. So like, you, why would you pick PodSqueeze? Like there's no connection. So there's less trust. Therefore, the conversion rate is lower. So it's funny because different sources, you know, different sources of marketing have different conversion rates. So even though we might bring less traffic from YouTube or from, you know, a paid sponsorship, it doesn't mean it's worse because the conversion can be higher. And this is really, really important. So now we are just exploring everything. And one thing that I've been noticing, and this is again going back to the skills of being an entrepreneur, is that you, your time, your valuable time must be used in doing things that only you can do. And mostly that is kind of strategical management decisions about your business. No one else will try to figure out your business. No one else will try to make you more money or, or bring you more users or like really spend time analyzing all the analytics. They won't. They won't do it, even if you hire them for it. If you are hiring someone that will do this, either it will be very, very costly and you won't have money, or they will just not do it with the same you know, passion that you will. So my advice for myself and as well, I guess, for you too, is hire or try to automate the tasks that you, like everyone can do. And with that, I mean coding. I mean, yeah, cool. I love coding. I love building products. But to be honest, everyone can code. Like there's tons of developers. Um, create, like even like our podcast, recording the podcast and then editing the podcast, writing SEO content. There's tons of people and they're probably better than us. They're probably better than us doing this. So why would we do it ourselves, right? So that's the first thing. And that's something that we need to do. These past few weeks, these past two weeks, I've been feeling really overwhelmed. I've been working hard, like really hard, sleeping like a few hours and like working, working. I don't leave my place like, no, I need to do this. I need to do this. I need to defeat this plateau. I need to keep Botsquiz growing. And I've been pushing like Jean as well really hard. And like, we are really trying to get this, you know, done and we are hustling a lot. But this is not a good strategy because it doesn't work in the long term. What works in the long term, though, is again, automating this process. So now, instead of myself trying you know, to code like crazy, like we have a developer, like Rishav is working uh, with us on this. So I just like, okay, write down the tasks, give it to him. And now I can focus on maybe marketing and strategizing. Another thing 
that it's been, and, and it's funny because sometimes we kind of find solutions that work and then we ignore it. And I'll tell you why. So when we started going with SEO and we're thinking, okay, SEO is the, the thing that we should focus, we tried ourselves. We tried writing a few content, blog posts. It wasn't working. It was not working. So we did this for like one or two months. And then uh, as pure coincidence, I was in, interviewing people to, to become developers. Like one, I was when we were trying to hire a developer for us. And I interviewed one guy that also said, like, I, I did a bunch of work with SEO. I also do SEO audits. And I, in the end, like, he seemed like a really cool guy. In the end, we went with someone else. But then I thought, maybe he can help us. Maybe he can help us with SEO. And we asked him, and he said, yeah, we can do an audit. We can do an audit, and it's 700 bucks or 800 bucks. And I will, like, really dig deep into your product, give you a strategy. We have meetings. I'll explain. And I will basically take all the information I've learned, you know, in the past years, you know, figuring out SEO, and I'll tell you how you can apply to your business. And at first we thought 700 bucks, I mean, that's a lot of money. But we said, fuck it, let's do it. And now we are super happy because what, what he told us changed everything. Now we are doing things properly. Now our SEO is growing like crazy. Now it, it's like the best, one of the best investments I've ever made with, with a business. So now, and, and I cannot ignore it. And I thought, okay, great, that worked perfect. Now let's go for Instagram. And I am doing the same. I just realized that Joe and I, we are figuring out, doing some shorts, seeing what works. And then why? Why are we doing this? If we can just apply the same thing that works so well with SEO. Let's find someone that has spent the past two, three years, you know, figuring out Instagram, figuring out like shorts, whatever. And let's ask this person to help us. And yeah, sure. A thousand bucks, bam, we pay it. Because now, instead of us spending two, three months figuring this shit out, there's someone that will like basically give us a recipe. If you want to make a great, amazing lasagna, right? What is better for your, you know, mom come and explains it to you and tells you like piece by piece how you can make your lasagna so that it's amazing or you figuring it out for like two, three months. No, if you want the lasagna now, it's much better if you someone teaches you, right? If you like the experience and the learning and so on, that's fine. But as an entrepreneur, our goal is to make money, right? And, and make have some growth. And if that's our goal, then we need the results fast. So I think that's something what, that we will do. We'll try to hire someone to do an audit, to help us out and define a strategy. And once we have this strategy in our possession, then we can hire someone. And then we can try to apply it and hire someone to automate it. And I think this is cheaper. Uh, because another option could be, hey, and you could be asking this, Tiago, just hire an, an agency, a marketing agency, and delegate all of your social media to them. But I think that will be too expensive. Because now they have the knowledge. So I have no idea what's happening, first. That's that's bad. And and second of all, they they have all the power. So they can basically put any price they want, right? So And, and that's a bit... That can be dangerous. So what I prefer is I will hire someone. They will explain everything to me. I don't need to know everything in details, but I need to understand what's going on. And now I will try it a little bit. I see if it works. If it works, bam, automate it. And now I can hire someone for a bit cheaper uh, because now they don't have the information. I am giving them the information. Does it make sense? I hope so. So, yeah, that's basically what we have been up to here with uh, PodSquiz. 
And um, yeah, it's been fun. It's been really fun. It seems that it's working out, uh, which is great. It seems that our numbers are increasing. Uh, our our um, kind of retention is also increasing. So it's cool. It's It's really good. And I'm feeling a little bit more relieved, even though I've been feeling really stressed and really working hard. You know, this when you feel that you're getting a bit close to burnout or, yeah, quite often. This happened already to me a few times when I feel that I'm pushing a little bit too much. You know, I'm if I keep doing this, it, this is not sustainable. That's basically what I'm thinking. This is not sustainable. I need to come up with other solutions. But yeah, um, that's that's it. I don't have uh, much more to say. I hope you um, follow this and, and you think that this makes sense. If you think that what I'm saying is bullshit and makes no sense, please shoot me a message on um, Instagram. Not Instagram. No, no, I'm not using Instagram for, for me for this. I'm using Twitter. Yes. So shoot me a message on Twitter. WB Tiago. It's my handle on Twitter and I will answer your message. One cool thing I just did as well, by the way, I just made the community, our community, the WB space free. Yeah. So now you can join for free. The reason why I decided to do this was because I felt that it was not fair to ask for money for a product that I'm, I don't have time to invest in. So I don't think the quality is as good now. So now it's free. You can join and the link will be in the show notes. And you can still support this podcast. If you think it's worth it, if you think you, you like it, you can still support it. You can pay for it. You can use the Buy Me Coffee platform to... I'll probably create something as well. So like five bucks per month or so. And if you want me to continue doing this, and you can support it there, but you can also join the community for free and meet other entrepreneurs. The link will be in the show notes. So thank you very much. I wish you a great, great week. And this was another wannabe entrepreneur. See you in the next episode.